Welcome to the MassQ Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. The MassQ Professional Development Committee brings you this new podcast, which will focus on innovative teachers and practices throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We are Massachusetts teachers providing the very best of technology and education. The MassQ Get a Q podcast will feature interviews with innovative teachers, integration of technology with the Massachusetts Department of Education frameworks in mind, and amazing products that you can use in your classroom today. Very pleased today to be joined by Rochelle Cooper. Rochelle is the Learning Services Assistant for MassQ and a member of the Professional Development Committee. And today she's going to talk to us about Adobe Spark, an editing and recording app. Hello, Rochelle. Hi, Brandon. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So tell us about Adobe Spark. So uh, Adobe Spark basically positions itself as a means to turn ideas into visual stories. And it's an extremely intuitive and very easy to use storytelling platform where students or even you, I mean, I've used it in my own capacity many times. You can create videos, infographics, even web pages, and students can tell a story with words, music, images, and even record their own voice behind it. So it's definitely a cool tool that can be used by teachers and in the classroom. Great. So... Now, when you just going in through the sign-up process, how do you sign up for Adobe Spark? So basically, if you're interested, you just have to go to spark.adobe.com, and there's a free option for an account, and um, there's also a premium version that you can upgrade to, and there's a team version if you're interested in creating multiple accounts um, under one admin. Um, But I found that the free version has a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of tools that um, and images that are available to you. Um, So I have had no problem using the free version and and creating some really cool things with it. Cool. Uh, So you sign up, you get in there. How would you go about using it in your classroom? Now, we've talked a little bit about uh, things that that you did as a teacher uh, when you were in the classroom. How would you use this in your classroom? So just to kind of backtrack, I, as part of my role um, as learning services assistant for MassQ, I uh, work with instructors and I also have offered uh, many workshops in the past. um, And that's kind of how I got into my role as learning services assistant. But um, I offer these workshops and kind of teach teachers how to use these tools. So in my role, I've actually used this um, to instruct teachers how to use it in their classroom. And I just actually finished up a course um, that was a digital citizenship with badging course. And we worked together to create actual badges for micro-credentialing in Adobe Spark. So it was an awesome tool for it. And um, the, the, the badges you can create look really authentic and professional in Spark. Um, and so teachers were able to uh, cover several topics relating to digital citizenship, such as digital empathy, safety, and ethics. And for each topic, they were asked to create a badge for their students so their students could earn it once they had covered the state standards related to that badge. And you could even, teachers could even have students create their own badges in the classroom relating to digital citizenship or any other topic. Well, that's really cool. So how would, um, say, Adobe Spark differ from something like Canva? Um, That's interesting that you say that because as part of that workshop, we also used Canva as a tool. Um, And it it is similar, but I really like Spark because you can create a bunch of things using graphics. You can use music. You can use voice. 
Um, and it just kind of comes to life, I feel like. Um, I've personally also used Spark for these little mini movies. So as, as part of another digital citizen workshop, as part of another digital citizenship workshop that I offered, I showed teachers how, to, how their students could create short videos related to the topics of digital citizenship. Um, for instance, in my example, students had to create a short video using images that detailed their understanding of what empathy is. Um, and they can even record their own voice, so it sounds really authentic and there's a lot of feeling behind it. Um, and with the music, it just it just comes out sound, sounding very creative and um, and personal. So, so in a lot of ways, it's it's very different than than Canva, where Canva is only kind of the digital um, digital creation of graphics, et cetera. Where whereas with this, you can you can include uh, video and audio. That, that's pretty powerful. Exactly. I mean, you can use it as you would use Canva. You can create infographics and posters and um, and and things that you can post to social media. You can very easily generate a link and, and post it to Twitter or any other social media channel. Um, so it is similar, but the thing that differentiates it is just the fact that you can also add um, a little bit more dimension to it with the music and the voice. Um, so it, it does, it becomes much more personal. Um, and just another idea too, um, as we move into to summer, I know that we're all thinking about things students can do over the summer. Um, it's specifically summer reading um, was an idea that was discussed in one of my workshops and um, how we could use Spark with that. Um, and some ideas we came up with would be to have students create some sort of summer reading infographic in Spark that charted their reading goals for the summer or titles that they planned on reading for the summer. Um, or you could even have them create some sort of a book trailer in, in Spark and, you know, for their favorite summer reading book. And they could post the link to either Flipgrid or Padlet, which are other great tools with their classmates. So even, you know, even though they're on summer break, and I know they would absolutely be loving doing this, but even though they're on summer break, you know, they could post what they're actually reading and inspire and motivate their classmates like, hey, read this, you know, this is something I'm reading over the summer. So you can kind of keep the learning going um, with a fun and cool tool. Um, or you could even, you know, if you didn't want to do it over the summer, just, you know, use it in the fall um, and students could, you know, report about what they read over the summer instead of just, you know, with paper and pencil, actually creating some sort of, of you know, movie or, or, or infographic or, or something um, that, that showed what, they, what they, they read and learned over the summer. Yeah, so some great opportunities for app smashing there. You mentioned, you know, creating with Adobe Spark and then including it in, uh, you know, a format like Flipgrid. Um, you could, you know, create a YouTube video. I'm imagining you can download these videos and create a YouTube channel. Yep, uh, you can exactly. do you can do a lot of really cool stuff. So, um, what grade level have you seen success with this? So I would say all grade levels. I mean, you could use it with the little ones. Um, I think with a lot of guidance, um, but you know, you could. It's one of those tools that has legs, and it just kind of needs a little creativity and innovation. But I think you could you could definitely apply it to any realm, any subject in any grade level. Um, you just kind of have to, you know, see what it offers and think outside the box a little bit. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. And, and you know, as you were speaking, I can think of a couple of different lesson plans you could use. 
um, with Spark where, uh, you know, as, as a former history teacher, I'm thinking, you know, you could uh, create video uh, to create a small documentary about a historical event or, um, you know, create an interview with, uh, with a veteran or you could, boy, uh, I mean, it, it's really, the, the ideas are endless. I love the idea of the book trailer. You know, we had some students create book trailers um, with iMovie and it sounds like this is probably easier to use than iMovie is. That, that with iMovie, they created these book trailers and put QR codes up in, the, in our libraries at the, at the end of the bookshelves, um, the QR code with the picture of the book, so the kids could walk by, scan it, and then uh, have something to look at uh, and listen to, a little bit of a review and kind of a teaser for the book. I'd imagine you could do something like that with, with Adobe Spark. Yes, absolutely. And I find that it's extremely easy to use, and there, there is a good amount of choice um, in the interface, but I don't think that it's so much that you would get lost in it. Um, so I think that for kids to use, um, it's it's extremely user friendly. You can um, upload images, you can uh, grab from images, you can change backgrounds and the font, and um, there are several selections for music. Um, so I think I definitely think that it's it's something that's intuitive and very um, very easy to use for any grade level. Yeah. No. So, so moving forward a little bit, what would you say would be like a pro tip for a power user, like someone who's been using Adobe Spark in their classroom but wants to take it to the next level? So, I I have personally used it to promote my own workshops, and I think that a teacher could use it uh, professionally as a way to promote what they're doing in their classroom or just kind of share any any innovative ideas or things that they have got going during the school year. Um, if you're a heavy Twitter user, it's you can very quickly up, upload a link to Twitter and tweet out anything that you're doing. Um, so you could maybe even take it beyond the classroom and use it professionally. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I could see now trying to promote like a mass queue session or you're doing a PD and you wanted to create a trailer for it or you had something you wanted to promote your parent night. Maybe you could flip parent night with Adobe Spark. Exactly. I mean, and I've seen examples of, um, you know, kids creating thank you notes with it. And I mean, it's the possibilities are endless. But in terms of professionally, yes, I feel like a lot of times promoting rather Promoting with visuals and music is is oftentimes more powerful and more effective than you know posting with words. Um, and you know, I found that using a visual or using some sort of uh, of movie or or infographic has been very successful in terms of getting a message across. So it's super effective for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just kind of any final thoughts on on Adobe Spark or um, maybe even talk about some things that you're working on right now on your own. So kind of give yourself a little plug here. Uh, <laughs> let me think. Sorry, this one kind of came out of left field on you. I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, let me look here. Uh, what am I working on? Um, oh, okay. Um, so um, one of the workshops that I'm actually uh, going to be offering this summer through MassQ is a workshop for a workshop called I'm just not that tech savvy and other mistruths told by 21st century educators. And it's, Ooh. I know a really long title, no, but I like it. Um, the premise of the course and the reason why I created it was mainly because 
whenever I have taught workshops in the past, there always seems to be a few people who say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm just not that tech savvy. And I feel like this is a complete mistruth. I feel like everyone is tech savvy or can be tech savvy in their own way. And within this course, we start very small and we look at what other ed tech people are doing, like Eric Kurtz, and we kind of, you know, delve into his blog and, and we and we and we explore that. Um, and then Adobe Spark is actually one of the tools that we cover in the course, and we take a look at what other educators are doing with that, that tool. And it's a way to build confidence, I think, for educators who maybe are afraid to, you know, to utilize technology in their classrooms in a large capacity. And it's it's meant to have them start thinking about how to apply it and start really small, but then grow it. Because I, I honestly really believe that if you just kind of latch on to one thing um, related to ed tech, you know, such as, or maybe I won't say Google, but, um, you know, such as, um, a tool that you love or that you can integrate once you start building that confidence, I really do feel that, you know, it can, um, it can blossom. And then you'll say, Oh, well, I use this. Well, I'm going to start using this and you know, Oh, I, I, I use Adobe spark, but I can integrate into this cool new tool Flipgrid that I've used. So right, right, I right. think that, you know, this is just something that I've, I've, I've grown organically and I felt is there's a need for it out there. Um, so that that's what I'm personally working on, um, and also coordinating some other really great workshops for Maskew. Uh, we have a, an awesome summer lineup, so if you haven't checked it out, um, you can head to our our um, our webpage and just check out the workshops that we're offering this summer. There's a, a great selection and uh, and some really amazing educators who are offering um, some summer workshops. Now, people would just go to MassQ.org and go to the Professional Development tab, correct? It is MassQ.org, and then the tab is Workshops. Gotcha. All right, great. So, And then MassQ is offering things throughout the year that people can check out. Uh, and uh, there's some really awesome stuff, the learning tours, and as you said, the workshops, and of course, the fall conference uh, and, and the spring conference. But the, the I love what you said, just going back to... Uh, starting small, the, the the fact that a lot of teachers get kind of hung up on the I'm not tech savvy. And it's not about necessarily knowing how to do everything, because even as a tech integrator, I, I say that to a lot of people, they'll say, oh, have you tried this tool? And I'll say, I have never heard of it before, but let's give it a look. Um, I don't think anyone knows everything. You look at some of the, the most popular blogs out there, Casey Bell, or uh, like you said, Eric Kurtz, they're, they're, they don't have a post for every single product that exists. It's impossible. There's so much stuff. Um, but I like what you said. You start small and you try and uh, nail down one thing and then maybe build from there. Exactly. And, and just build that comfort zone and, and not, don't be afraid to, to leave the comfort zone, I think, but, um, you know, just don't feel that you have to know everything because you never will. And, um, and just knowing that I think helps, helps people, you know, want to do more and want to integrate more into their, into their teaching and, um, and just, it, it's fun and just, just letting them have fun with it rather than, you know, see it as something overwhelming or something that they're, that's forced upon them. So, um, yeah, I definitely think I agree. I, I think that, you know, starting small is the key and just seeing what else is out there and just picking something that, that speaks to you, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, where can people find you online, Rochelle? Um, so uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Rorochelles, and that's R-O-R-O-S-H-E-L-L-S. Um, and you can, if you have any questions regarding MassQ workshops or learning tours, um, you can email. Should I share my email? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, you can email me directly at rcooper at maskew.org, and I'd be happy to answer any questions regarding any workshops or learning tours. Yeah, and MassQ sends groups out to school districts too, correct? Yes. As part of the MassQ for You program, we will establish and send out an instructor and establish a workshop in your district, and you can pick and choose from the offerings that we have available on our MassQ for You page, and that's also under the Educate tab on the maskew.org website. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Great conversation. It was a a very fast 17 minutes here. You probably don't even realize. But as I'm sitting here watching the ticker go by, I'm like, wow, this is really great. This is awesome. There's so much good stuff. So thank you, Rochelle Cooper, for calling in uh, MassQ's learning services assistant. And uh, we're going to head in for some voice uh, listener voicemail now, a new feature. We've got uh, some people have called in through Anchor and left us some voicemail. So let's go check that out. But I do want to say thank you to Rochelle. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. All right. And we'll be back with some listener voicemail. I love this. I love the title. And I love the way MassQ is reaching out in all directions to make sure all teachers have access to the resources. Well done. 